Why are you making that sound like you... That's sh- the only sound that you can make when you break your phone. That's... <laughs> Dude. I think that was actual audio from actually when you broke your phone. Oh, I was talking to my dad, that. and I was walking into my house. I was in my garage, and I had my hands full of... In Michigan, we can return our pop cans for, you know... Ten you, cents? Ten cents. You get ten cents a pop can. So I dropped and broke my phone, but held on to 40 cents worth of cans. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, and it hit the you ground. You got the better trade, my friend. Perfectly, I know it. It hit the ground perfectly flat on its back, and then the screen started twitching, and then the touchscreen died. I could um, only use it's a Note Five, so I could only use the stylus. And then the screen started turning purple, and then by Sunday night, it was I it was unusable. And let me tell you this, Alex. So like, okay, so there's the initial panic of crap. I just broke my phone. Dang it. Now I got to pay something. It was almost paid off. Now I got to go through all this crap again. Yep. So there's all that panic and I'm just freaking out all Saturday morning. But then I hit like this sweet zone, like I'm free. (laughs) Nobody can call me. I can't call anybody else. I can't be distracted by anything. Yeah. And I was in this like, I was in this glory zone. You want to know how long it lasted? How long? About an hour until I just started panicking. Like I gotta check something. Ah. Our our grandparents have it right when they just like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a new flip phone today. Like, and that's all they use it for check is to call out people. My jitterbug. <laughs> my jitterbug. That's like a phone. You haven't seen the jitterbug? I thought that was a dance that they did in the fifties. Yeah, it's also a phone <laughs> with big gigantic <laughs> buttons. Just as Dad let me borrow <laughs> one of his old phones, and I get a text message, and I swear. The the first text message I got, the print was so large that oh my gosh, the whole screen was filled up by like four words. <laughs> I was like, no, this can't can't happen. I'm in my 30s, not my 60s phone. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. I I got my replacement in the mail. Nice, I'm re- I'm recovering. Good, good. I'm I'm glad you're recovering, and I am just in a whole new season of life right now. Yeah, what's going on with you? I saw The Greatest Showman. Yeah. Starring Hugh Jackman. And let me tell you, my friend, it has completely changed my life. I am going to join the circus. Yeah. And you will never see me again because I will be part of the I, uh, the circus shows. Per- performer or Carney? Uh, Carney, for sure. <laughs> there was somebody that I, I think might have been a Simpsons episode where Homer wanted to be a Carney and like quit his job at the nuclear power plant. To be a Carney? Yeah. <laughs> Oh it's gosh. always been my dream, Marge. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so my wife and I saw uh, The Greatest Showman. And let me tell you, it is. I know there's probably a lot of listeners out there that are like, come on, Alex, what are you, what are you doing? I thought you were this hard, you know, conservative male, blah, 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 blah. Trust me, this is one of the greatest movies. If you don't stand up in the aisle of your movie theater and start dancing, you don't have a soul. It's I, that good. I never even heard of it. Now it I was, it go was see one it. of those under the radar movies. Like I, I saw a couple things on YouTube about it. Like they like advertised it, but it wasn't like full trailers. It was just like a picture, just a still of hey, the greatest showman. And it's got a picture of Hugh Jackman dressed huh. as like a circus, like uh, ringleader. But anyway, so my wife and I have been playing the soundtrack in our house on repeat. And my daughter has picked up on it. And I kid you not, Jason, Ada does not like watching baby shows. She's two years old. She doesn't even like watching toddler shows. The only thing she likes to watch is musicals. That's awesome. So, like, we watch Beauty and the Beast, and now we watch all the music videos for The Greatest Showman, and she's just in awe. And 
all I have to do whenever we go to somebody's house is just play songs from The Greatest Showman and Ada will perform for everybody. I need to start. I need to monetize this somehow because yeah. it's so darn cute. And it's just like, oh, didn't you think this was cute? Give me five bucks. Yeah, you show <laughs> me the video, and it's just freaking adorable. Like, Love that she girl. She is absolutely adorable. She's just belting it out. I'll, Maybe she'll be a performer one day. Yeah. Maybe our kids can start a band. Gunner can play the drums. start a family band. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Jason. So I, I love what we're gonna do here tonight. What 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 are we gonna what are we an do? episode where it's just you oh and me yeah and I'm notesless oh it's uncut, I feel so baby. naked and unprepared because my phone was dead and I was so like there's no feedback today I don't have feedback to read I haven't been able to keep tabs on anything so this is you're just flying in the dark um yeah and you know how much I love flying by the seat of my pants this is gonna be so good so what are we actually talking about today we're we're gonna talk about baptism <sighs> I love baptism. You love it? How many times have you been baptized? Twice, actually. Twice? Well, You're a two-timer. Yeah. Well, why don't we get into the episode? You I have some. Baptismer. I have some awesome stories about baptism. Baptismer? Baptismer? John the Baptizer? <laughs> anyway, Jason, are you ready to listen to ourselves? Two guys who couldn't make it as pastors. <laughs> are you ready for this? Are you ready to re-listen to what you just said? Yeah. Two guys who couldn't make it as pastors. Talk about baptism. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not your pastor's baptism episode. Jason, I believe it's story time, so you know what has to happen. <laughs> Well, hold on. Before we do, I'm going to baptize this tea bag <laughs> in a full submersion. Can you hand me another crumpet to go with my tea? Thanks. <laughs> it's done. This tea is really good, by the way. Thank you. It's, you you it, picked this out for me. I feel like it's a special it, brew. It's an immune support tea because I Wait, know you said you were feeling a little under the weather. Tea doesn't brew. Is that called brewing? I don't know. Seeping? Steeping? Steeping? Is it steeping or seeping? I don't I could not tell this is you. getting off. Uh, you want this to, is a great baptism. Want, <laughs> side note, you want a really good tea, you gotta go with loose leaf tea. Loose leaf? You can't do it in a bag. Once you go loose leaf, you'll never go back unless you can't afford it and then you just still buy the bags. But te- if you have the money, loose leaf tea is yeah, the I way mean I don't discriminate. Go. I I I I have not come across a tea that I haven't liked. Flint Crepe Company, get yourself some loose leaf tea. Never go back. All right. I'm going to take tea. you up on that. Absolutely. So anyway, now that we're done talking about tea and crumpets, and we can actually get to the Bible and baptism and all that good stuff, here we are. Yeah. So, uh, you J- got, you, Baptism stories. You got baptism good stories. Uh, well, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I grew up Catholic. I think we talked about this all the way back in episode 13 when we interviewed Tim Goodrich. Yeah. Of Sutorial Boots. How, how the heck do you remember those numbers like that? I don't know. It's weird. I, think I know I'm, the number that we're on. It's sixty-two. I maybe I have that thing that Rain Rain Man has. No, you no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Come on, you, just just th- throw out a bunch of matches on a table, and I'll count them all real fast. <laughs> yeah, d- definitely farted. Yeah, <laughs> that that's the best scene in that movie. Get to your baptism story. 
Oh, you, so you grew up Catholic. I grew up Catholic, so I was baptized as a uh, infant. Have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? You need to add that in there somehow. We'll okay. get it. We'll pick it up. So I got baptized as an infant, and it was a... I remember the... So whatever they do with... I don't know where this is at in the Catholic doctrine, but you have to... All the boys have to wear white girly dresses when you get baptized. It's weird. You like, gotta get a Catholic on and figure out some of this stuff because I'm totally oblivious. I don't know. Right? It's it's a weird thing. There's pictures of me, and it's like when they, my grandma has pictures of me in my baptism gown, and it's like it's like what, what? And I had a lot. I had a lot of hair when I was born, so I had long these long curly hairs for an infant, and it's just like that's that's my little girl. That's Alexa right there. Anyway, so yeah, you put the dress on and you get baptized and it's not a full submersion like Baptists generally teach. It's a, you sprinkle water with you. So they have like a little spoon that they put in the holy water and then they just dip it over your for They put it over your forehead and you're baptized, I guess, into the Catholic church. I don't, Take I don't us know. back. What was it like when you got baptized? Uh, it was cold. It was cold. It was cold and... Man, I'd have to I'd have to find the pictures. I'll have to I'll have to find them. Maybe I'll, I'll post some of them. But I remember my parents holding me. Maybe it was a long time ago. You have like legit memories? Uh no, no, I don't have not legit a memories. Um, <laughs> but like also too, like I had godparents. Yeah. Which I always wanted to be a godfather one day. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, you going ma- gangster? Ma- mafia. Yeah. Anyway. Um, do Catholics get really into that though? Like, they really do. I had a coworker who was Catholic, and his kids were about to get baptized. Well, he wasn't Catholic; his wife was, oh, and they man. were going to have the kids baptized. And he was like, all like leading up to it, he's like, "Oh, it's a big deal. I don't want to do this. You know, it's almost like getting married all over again. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> like, just being kind of lazy about it." And then afterwards, he was just like, "It was amazing. Like everybody came, and like he got like twenty grand." Like because, oh, the kid did? Oh, yeah, the kid, because they like the, all the family brings money. I guess she's like super Catholic or something. His wife was was crazy Catholic, but... Man, I'm trying to... I'll all have of to that find stuff the is completely again. foreign to me. I feel like we miss out on all that stuff. Yeah, you get you get mad stacks, like, so baptism. I don't obviously don't remember how much money I got, cause I, but I remember at my first communion where, you, where you're seven or eight years old, you take your first communion. That's when you start participating in the Eucharist. As okay. a seven-year-old, I remember I got money. I got a Bible and some money for that. That was awesome. Really? Yeah, I got That's a King. Cool. I got a King James Bible. It was 1997, and I got some money, and that was I, was, I spent it on toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I don't remember getting anything like that. But that was the first time I got baptized. The second time I got baptized oh. is what uh, I think is my real baptism. And I'm sorry to our Catholic listeners up there, out there. I, I don't believe in infant baptism it's, anymore. It's, this is the one that took. This is the one that took. There was full submersion. Uh, I got baptized at the church that I got saved at where I heard the gospel for the very first time. And it was a really awesome moment. The pastor that preached the message that I heard uh, baptized me. And I remember specifically, I wore a three-quarter length t-shirt because I was recently tattooed. And I didn't want... There was a few old fogies in the church congregation that I didn't want them to see my tattoo because I oh. still wanted to get baptized. The pastor who was baptized me wouldn't have cared. Yeah. But I didn't want some of them to see that I had tattoos. Oh my gosh, how ridiculous is that? That is super ridiculous, but I was trying to just be respectful. I was really happy. It was it was just a really sweet moment. And actually, um, 
Yeah, I remember there was some of my family members who are still Catholic to this day. They were yeah. just like, you don't have to do that, you know. And I said, yes, I do. So there was a little tension in my family. And I remember there, like my, my grandfather and my uncle, uh, they weren't too happy. But, I mean, they got over it. I mean, my life has gotten significantly better, I think, since I became a Christian. So yeah. what about you, Jason? Man, I wasn't baptized till I was like uh, 19 or something like yeah. that. Cause, I mean, I grew up in church my entire life. My dad was a Baptist pastor, right? You know, my earliest church memories are my earliest memories, period, are planting a church mm-hmm. in, in Montrose, Michigan, like putting the shovel in the ground. Like, I remember that. Was it a golden shovel? Um, no, it was a regular shovel. <laughs> well, I mean, the church used to meet at the post office. I remember oh, yeah. running up and down the post office, little wheelchair ramp while, you know, the adults had their, like, that was our... Putting mail into the different boxes yeah. incorrectly, <laughs> screwing the whole system up, <laughs> causing mayhem. But I just remember growing up in church and getting to the point where, you know, the, the altar call or whatever, and we grew up Southern Baptist and just... It's time. It's time for the baptism. It's part. time for a Duncan. And being terrified to get up in front of people. Oh, okay. Just, I'm not going to do it. Just not going. I'm not going to get up in front of people. And maybe that's a sign that you're not ready to be baptized. But it wasn't until I met Jess, and then she grew up Church of Christ, which um, holds this belief that. In order to be saved, you must be baptized. If you are not baptized, you are not saved. Um, so I was converted, I guess, to that way of thinking, mm. uh, convicted and baptized, not still not in front of people, but in, um, my in-laws hot tub, which I'm pretty sure like we talked about in that, am I saved episode with doc, my knee came out as I was being baptized. So I don't know if my baptism is a hundred percent legit. Was the water warm? It was warm. It was nice. Yeah. It was much nicer than being in a baptismal. Sometimes it's not warm. Sometimes you, the heater breaks that you use to heat up the baptismal water. Yeah. And it's cold. Okay. Okay. I feel like we're transitioning here from our own baptism stories to us being preachers or teachers. So I'll tell you this story. Now now that I'm thinking about it, I get more and more stories about baptism baptismals and baptistries. And Lay them on me, brother. So when I, I may have told this story before, but it, it, it's, it bears mentioning again. When I worked at the church in Flint, we would on occasion do baptisms. I think in our two years of operating there, I think we did about 15 baptisms, which is pretty sweet for a location as small as we were yeah. in an uh, urban environment like that. Um, so it was my job as the location director for to set up and tear down the baptistry, the baptismal, whatever you want yeah. to call it, the the portable hot, hot tub. Yeah, it was a portable hot tub. That's what we use. And so one time I was emptying out the water, and there's there's a pump that you put in there that pumps out all the water, and I was just pumping the water outside into the street, out into the, out into the sewer. And Phil, hi, Phil. Uh, called me and said, hey, man, you want to run up to Guitar Center with me? Which, of course, I said yes. Of course. And I as ran, one does. As one does. And I was like, well, I have this window open that the hose is going out into the street, into the so the water's draining in the sewer. I'll just pull the hose back in, shut the pump off, and 
I'll pull the hose in and I'll be good to go. I'll come back in an hour and I'll finish draining the, the baptistry. Little did I know that there's a thing called science. <laughs> Little did I know that there's something called the siphon effect. Yeah, man. And so you never once, owned a fish tank growing up? I did, but my dad took care of it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I left, I, about, ha- about three quarters of the baptismal water drained out into the sanctuary of the church. Oh, man. And for the rest of our time there at the Flint location, it smelled musty, musty. in the sanctuary. That and, was your fault. And it was my fault. That place had no AC. Yes. And that it got hot in there. The 1970s called, and they want their musty oh my decorations back. Oh, my god! It was real bad. What about you? You got a, a baptistry no, story? Uh, Maybe not in that nature. Mine comes from like preaching and teaching. Okay. So like, like obviously, like I said, I was converted into a way of thinking where baptism was absolutely essential. And then later on, when Jess and I kind of divorced ourselves from the Church of Christ and and moved on to where we're at now, that it took me a lot of convincing to. I mean, that was that was one of my biggest holdups going to a non-Church of Christ. Well, you know, the last eight years, baptism was absolutely essential. In fact, I was casting people to hell on a regular basis because you're not truly Christian because you were never baptized. You're going to hell. You're going oh, to hell. You're going to hell. Dude, you can make a joke of it, but that's what I legitimately thought of Man. other churches. Like, I was bad. I was really bad. Um, so... um. Eventually, I'm persuaded differently, and we'll we'll dig into some of that in a little bit. But it comes to I'm leading Bible studies, growth communities that we call them at our at our church, and our growth community was almost thirty people. Yeah, and it was like beginning of the year growth community when everybody's in. Yeah, everybody's in those first like three weeks, and the lesson was on baptism. And I was honestly, even though I was like I had assurance of what I was going to preach or teach or what I was going to teach in that, in that section. Um, I was afraid to teach it just because I didn't want any of my old, like knowledge to kind of seep in and confuse people. Yeah. So I wasn't really sure what to do. So I had this like, Oh, we're just, I just blew it off. Really? It's like, we've all been baptized. Everybody here has been going to church forever. You know, mm-hmm. we all know what baptism is, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if we really need to cover this. It was terrible, but I was scared in the moment. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> like eight people got baptized because <laughs> they were so convicted by the fact that I was making a, this deal of it that, yeah, we already all know what this is. So, I mean, maybe that was the Holy Spirit working in me to convince others to be baptized in that moment. So, I think we've talked about this before, the fact that you and I used to go to uh, the Salvation yeah. Army in Flint. Yep. And we used to, sometimes our, our we would preach, some nights we would preach back to back. So, I would do yeah, the first. Almost every Thursday for a I while. I would do the first class, you would do the second class, yeah. and vice versa. And so, one of the times we were doing a huge baptism baptism month or whatever yeah we were talking about it a lot at church so naturally we were talking about it and i knew on this particular sunday because i used to go and pick up guys from the salvation army to come to church on sunday afternoons at our flint location and so i knew i'm like there's got to be guys in here who are recently saved i know the salvation army doesn't do 
baptism. Um, So I think you and I preached a back-to-back lesson. You did the first one. I did the second one. And you had to leave or something. You were gone. Yeah. Because if you were there, you would have remembered this. Okay. And so I was teaching. And then whenever I got done teaching and I had time left, I would always open it up to questions. Which yeah. can be scary. Oh, it's terrifying. But I was like, uh, any questions, anybody? And so one guy, there's a there's a couple guys in the back. And they said, so what are you saying? Are you saying that baby baptism isn't, infant baptism isn't legitimate? And I said, yes, it's not. You can't show me a verse in the Bible that says that baby bap- or infant baptism is is legitimate. It's there's always a pattern. It's always repent and believe and be baptized. It's and babies can't do that. Infants can't do that. And the one and I even said there's one text where it talks about somebody's whole household getting baptized. So that's the one text that you have, but if you look at the actual uh trajectory of like a, of a believer, it's believe, repent, believe and be baptized. So I don't see how a baby can do that. So I said, "No, I don't think I can just picture you because you're blunt. I am pretty blunt. You are. I could just picture you being a so gi- here's, giant here's, ass up there. So here's what I said, though. I was I was really confident. I think I would still do this again because I think this is funny. And so the guy said, so you're saying that the, so the guy got mad at me when I said that. And he's like, so you're saying the Pope is wrong. I said, yes, the Pope is wrong. And that's it. And they all and a couple of them got up and left. Oh man! And no, so, I was not there for that. I, you're so right. I would have remembered that. I texted my pastor friend at the time, who was who was in charge of our uh, pastor. Uh, you know who he is, Jason. Yeah. And I texted him and said, "Hey, buddy, just want to let you know the Catholics are mad at me. I started a new Reformation at the Salvation <laughs> Army." <laughs> and. But that that weekend, three guys from the Salvation Army got baptized. Yeah. Came and got baptized, and we went and gave them their baptism certificates just so they because they because they like to have those things. Yeah, like they do. Those. Yeah, that so, stuff's important to people going but through then, those programs. But then the following Tuesday, I get called in to the Salvation Army major because they they have the same like military designations. Yeah. Yep. So the major's office. So it was like getting called into the principal's office and basically saying. There's a lot of faiths represented here. You yep. can't teach that. And I was like, and, I, and afterwards I was like, yeah, you're right. I was, and I totally admit that I was blunt. Yeah. But I've also been really blunt in saying Jesus is God, and I got a bunch of Muslims mad at me. So that's just my thing at the Salvation Army. I just say what's on my mind, and if people get pissed off, they keep having me back. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what uh, word of advice. <laughs> I mean, not for you because you already know. I mean, you know this stuff. But for anybody else who is going to the any kind of parachurch organization and you're going to preach or you're asked to teach a lesson, you got to just keep it on Jesus or, or the gospel, like really simple, really basic. Maybe it's just about how much God loves you. Mm-hmm. Something encouraging is something bright. You really can't go and throw down because people don't respect you enough. They don't know who you are. You can't. Yeah, you got to go. You got to preach there for a while, and yeah, by that absolutely. point, by and that then, point, Jason and I had been preaching there for over a year. Yeah, pretty on a regular basis. And, and you, I mean, I knew a lot of the you, guys by name. You better know all there is to know about other faiths before you start speaking <laughs> for them, because you could pigeonhole yourself quick, and you could lose the room quick. I mean, you could lose it in a heartbeat. I remember preaching at an old folks' home. 
Um, and there was there was 14 people there. And I was just curious. I mean, all these people are in their 70s. And I'm like, hey, like, uh, what kind what, what what's your church background? What church you grew up in? And, and there were, I got 14 different answers. Dang. So I was like, I'm done. Like, I like what? There is no way I could preach to satisfy everybody in this room. So you just preach the gospel. Right. And, you know, you hope it connects remember. with somebody. At one point, you and I talked about that this particular back-to-back lesson schedule, and we somehow agreed <laughs> that, oh, yeah, this is good. This We should do this. Yeah. And maybe I just wasn't loving enough, but at the same time... You, you know you what? Are, no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, scratch that thought. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. You are pretty blunt. I'm. I'm a whole lot more gentle. I will. Shauna has told me a couple times. She's like, "Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, but it doesn't sound very compassionate." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I guess a more compassionate way of saying is, I know you love the Pope. I just think he's wrong. Is that too blunt? Still. <laughs> it, it could be. It could be. So. Jason, do you want to take a quick break? We're going to take, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back from the break, story time is over because the only story that matters is God's story, the Bible. (laughs) Jason, there's something called a five-star review. We have two of them. That's (laughs) Dose in Spanish. Dose. Five-star reviews. So I want, I want to say this. So if the overlords at Apple hear this, what is up with your five-star review system? Because I didn't get this five-star review until two days ago. Yeah. And it's marked for January 28th. Holy cow. So y- y- you missed out on the window, yeah. Apple Podcast. But again, thank you so much for cataloging this stuff for us. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have been able to do it, but still. A humble oh, praise rebuke. be to Apple for podcasting. <laughs> but Podcast. uh, so this this it it's, it's really weird how this these sometimes work out. So if you're if you're somebody who left us a five star review and we haven't read it yet, it's it's just because sometimes th- there's a lag and we don't get them right away. So this one's all the way back from January twenty eighth, twenty eighteen. What's it say? What's it say? What's it say? It says my favorite podcast, and this is from mystery artist Ooh, it's a mystery my favorite podcast just want to let you guys know that i love your show my wife rachel and i have just recently left the church i was the associate pastor of and we are currently in the healing from the aftermath of all that i know exactly what you're talking about man it's it's rough hearing your podcast has truly fed my soul with god's word humor love and friendship or fellowship in such a way that i have been able to Get by knowing that I am not alone in this struggle, and to the glory of God, there is life after what seems like the death of a ministry. Oh, man, that's true right there. (sighs) Mystery artist. You are being used mightily by God and are an inspiration more than you know. Please keep doing this podcast and never stop. With love in Christ. Rich Maggio. That's awesome. Not such a mystery anymore, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) Mystery solved. (laughs) Regular Sherlock Holmes over here. (laughs) The killer left his name on the note. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rich, thanks so much, man. That that really does mean a lot to us. Those are awesome words. It, It means more than you know because podcasting is hard. And sometimes it's like, do we keep doing this thing? And and it's like these these give us that fuel. Yeah, That's absolutely. Awesome. The fuel in our engines. 
Okay. Yeah, and I'm glad we can be some encouragement too. Tell me what that says. Read. It's all one word. Okay, let me see this. Oh, I know who this is. Who is it? The Asa Lane Drums. Asa Lane Drums? Asa Lane. Asa Lane. His name's Asa Lane. Asa Lane. Phenomenal drummer. The Asa Lane. The Asa Lane. The Asa Lane Drums. Is that, what it's, does, is that what it looks like it says? I don't know what that is. I'm a bad reader. He's a friend of mine. He went to um, he went to Jess's school. He went to Goodrich. Oh, and Asa Lane I'm, Drums. I'm, I'm like, I'm not messing with you, dude. Phenomenal drummer. Awesome. And if it's not him, I'm really sorry. <laughs> All right. So, Jason, here is the second five-star review. Yeah. This one is titled Nephilim. Mm. The Aceline Drums says this. First listen, guys. Informative and interesting. Sorry it took me so long to finally check out Not Your Pastor's Podcast. Hashtag Sasquatch. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, man. I'm oh. glad you're a believer in Sasquatch. I know it's not feedback time, but I got a text from another buddy who had listened to that episode, Jed and the Giant Nephilim, and was like, dude, that's that's got so many plays on it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> We're going to do another one. Part two. Yeah. The Nephilim return. Well, thanks for, thanks for listening, Asa. Yeah, so if, if you guys want to be featured on the show in the five-star review section, it's really simple. You go on the Apple iTunes podcast app. You go to our page. You click on it, you say leave a five star review, and you click five stars, and then you can write a little comment. Yeah, and we and it, will read it, and it helps us out a lot. That's why we it read does. them. The reason why we always ask for five star reviews is if you're a fan of the show and you think that what we're doing is is being used mightily by God, which what was what Rich's words, not mine. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, what are we doing? I think we're just telling fart jokes. Yeah. But anyway, somebody's some. It's blessing some people, and if you think that this could be a blessing to somebody else, and more people need to listen to the show, then you can leave a five star review, and that puts us in front of more eyes and ears. Yeah. Ears, ears, ears. Well, Alex. they can see it, and then they could listen to oh, it. Oh, okay. We can use two of their senses. Yeah. Touch three for their touch phones. Yeah. I'm getting too much into it. Any, you know what? Let's just get back into yeah, the episode. Yeah. Let's. Yep. Let's go back. No joke, guys. Jason just baptized me with his fart. Yeah. It was bad. It you sounded wet. are swimming in that cloud. Well, I was, I, There's poo particles down here in the basement. Well, that's gross, but I did force <laughs> it. So. it. Ew, don't. There's going to come a point in your life where forcing it is no longer an option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't trust a fart. Can't trust him. Nope. But what you can trust is the word of God and what it says about baptism. Oh, can you, though? <laughs> Some people say this, some people say that. Jason and Alex, we're going to say this. See, the, this is where I have the hard time. So, like, I am, like, full, fully convicted at the moment. I know what I believe about baptism, and it works for me. But... Hook down phonics works for me. But five, six years ago, I knew what I thought about baptism, and it worked for me. And it also hurt a whole lot of other people in the process, because it was necessary for salvation, that's that's where I have some hang-ups. Like, do you think that your view now hurts people? No, I don't. That's why I like it. Oh, okay. That's why cool. I like it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
So, Alex, what what is baptism? What is what does it mean to be baptized? Well, it's a hot tub in a church. Yeah. That's how the church can write it off. Yeah, and uh, you get dunked. And um, honest, honestly, it's for me. It's always been you making a public declaration that you are truly Christ, and it's very symbolic, and it's very, it's a very uh, serious occasion, but it's also a very celebratory uh, occasion. When I got baptized for the second time, a real my real baptism, my believer's baptism, which is a, a buzzword that Christians use a lot. Yeah. Um, I came up out of the water and there was clapping and cheering and this giant biker dude in the front row who just had tears of joy streaming down his face. Because yeah. when we when I got baptized, I had to share my testimony. I had to share how this 17-year-old kid who was far from God, trying to make it through life on his own and do the things that he wanted to do, uh, porn addict, dumb guy, dumb young kid, and how Jesus found him. Yeah. And saved me, and now I publicly declare my ID with my identity. My identity. There it is. There you go. My identity is in Christ now. So yeah. my new birth. Did the Holy Spirit ascend on you? Like I, I began speaking in tongues immediately. Listen. Yeah. No, I did not. <laughs> immediately, something like fire came forth from there. Was mouth. brownie served downstairs in the church oh, yeah? dining area? That makes it official. <laughs> There's not brownies at your baptism. Redo it. Redo it. Uh, immediately. Right now. No, the word baptism, though. Greek. You know it off the top of your head? Baptismo? Baptismo. Baptizo? I don't think there's a mo at the end. Baptizo. Baptizo. Some, that, something of that nature. Does that mean, doesn't that just mean to be submerged? No. Man. Ceremonial cleansing. Oh. And what's like from Leviticus and what's yeah. Well, yeah. And what's crazy about that is the deeper that you dig into it, the less defined that it is. Hmm. So, of course, growing up Baptist, growing up in the Church of Christ, growing up post-Baptist again, I guess, because that's what I would call our church now. It's post-Baptist megachurch, what, evangelical Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, um, cool Baptist. Uh, Baptist with a cool website. <laughs> I'll, st- I'll stop. <laughs> um, it it was always to submerge, to dunk. But when you read a guy like Charles Hodge, and my dad and I were talking about this, because I actually gave my dad uh, Charles Hodge's systematic theology Um it really just means ceremonial cleansing and the method of how you're baptized is, is always left up to the interpreter. Hmm. And in some instances it means sprinkling. Interesting. Isn't that, I mean, that's one of those things where, or I'm set hard and fast on where does the, where does the immersion come (sighs) from? There's, there's a word, there's a reason. And I've heard it before. I'm, I'm just blanking on it. The fact because there's a lot of people that believe that it is immersion because of this, the, the way this is, our particular passage is written, or a Greek word. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, but there's a there's a word that I think means immersion. Yeah, and that's the thing Charles Hodge is 
was talking about, if he if they wanted to make it abundantly clear, like if the New Testament writers wanted to make it abundantly clear, there are better words to use than baptism for immersion. I don't know what they are off the top of my head, and if I were looking directly at them, I wouldn't be able to pronounce them anyway. Are you looking them up on your phone? Yeah, but I don't know how to spell immersion because I suck at it. <laughs> Doing a little fact-checking. Uh, so let's just, for the sake of uh, continuing, say it's immersion. Yeah. So just we're going with what we were raised with. Um, why are we baptized? We are baptized. This And, this, and I, I said this before. We are baptized. It's a public declaration of our identity in Christ now. Have you ever heard the the phrase an outward sign of an inward faith? I I have. I just I don't I just don't like using those phrases. I hate that I, phrase. I like using I like that better what I said. That's like <laughs> you know it's funny because you know obviously I had was researching and looking into baptism hard because I thought it was necessary for salvation. And when I first came to this church and I heard them do a, bapti- a baptism and say that phrase, this is in an outward sign of an inward faith, it made me angry. And the only reason it made me angry is because they were making such a big deal at the time about how ask Jesus into your heart isn't in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That, that phraseology, it doesn't exist anywhere. Neither does baptism is an outward sign of an inward faith. That exact phraseology doesn't exist in the Bible either. That's why I don't like it. And I had this argument with them when they do baptism. And Who are they, you having an argument with? Our, our pastors at our church. Oh, okay. And they adopted a new language. What was, what's the new language now? Buried in the likeness of his death. Raised, raised in the life. likeness of his resurrection. Which is from? Romans, Romans chapter six. six. Yeah. That's, I I'm like not going to say that's on me, bro. But that's that's the language that they adopted. They decided on their own to be. I a should little... know that. I baptized people before and said that yeah. phrase. Yeah. Gosh, why did I blink on it? So I... I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm the originator of that idea, but I did prompt some, them to. Some would say Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe be a little more biblically accurate than um, an outward sign of an inward. Not that I have anything against that phraseology i just didn't like the fact that hey you're saying that this phrase doesn't exist and you're making a big deal about it every sermon but you're using this phrase which also isn't in there you know you're right and to me it was contradictory let's Uh, be a little consistent here yeah so so i'll I'll just say this i looked this up real quick on the first hit on youtube or on google so you know it's true yeah um this one says, baptizo is Greek translated baptized in the New Testament meant to dip or immerse. Yeah, which is the standard that's Strong's or Vine's or whatever. You're, that's, the, that's the word that Are you're you going to read. you speaking against Strong's Bible concordance? No, I'm not. I'm saying How Charles Hodge is. dare you? Because Charles Hodge breaks it down quite a bit more. Uh <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing so hard at Whenever that. I say how dare you in that term or that phrase, it just makes me think of Chris Farley when they're talking about the Colombian coffee crystals from Saturday Night Live. He's like, sir, do you realize you're drinking uh, Colombia coffee crystals? What? And he gets really <laughs> mad and he starts just like tearing up this restaurant. It's really funny. Oh, <laughs> I say We say it a lot at band practice. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> 
played it too slow. Anyway, sorry, I completely derailed you. You did. You derailed me in the worst way. I put some pennies on the tracks, and there yeah, goes the train. They're flattened, <laughs> flattened right down. So anyway, Charles Hodge says says it's a a bit different, but bloody body blah, blah ceremonial cleansing, a public declaration, if you will. Okay. Uh, you you used the verbiage um, identity. Yeah. Which I think is I think is huge when we're talking about baptism. Um, why was Jesus baptized? See, you asked me this question a few weeks ago, and it's a really good question because it's one I've never even thought about before. Because when you when you when you even when you read, uh, when you read about baptism, like you the the phrases of, of being cleansed from your sins, it's representing that you're being cleansed from your sins and being raised to a new life. Yeah, Jesus never sinned, so he never needed yes. to be cleansed from his sin yeah and so but your answer i want you to say your answer because it's really good yeah i'll try to remember it's it's kind of like what i did and work through and i think a lot of it comes right out of william barclay who's like one of my favorite commentators um just really easy to read my favorite commentator is ken daniels ken daniels oh (laughs) red wings red wings play by play (laughs) it took me a minute i was like ken daniels what theologian is this? Oh, <laughs> Red Wings play-by-play. <laughs> Hockey into every episode. Yeah, but this this was always a big question in the Church of Christ, right? If baptism is essential for salvation, why was Jesus baptized? What, right. What you, you're playing on your phone. I'm looking something up. Oh. Just you keep rolling. You're You're good. I okay. know your answer. They don't know your answer. <laughs> I'm looking something up for future reference. Yeah. So the long and the short of it and kind of the I'm there's not any single one answer that's like going to nail it out of the park. But I had the privilege a few years ago of going and seeing the baptism site of Jesus, both of them. Oh, there's two. There's two of them because it's debated over. Mm. But I've seen the one that the pope officially signed off on just a few years ago so if you're on the jordanian side right we reread this phrase is bethany jesus was baptized in bethany beyond the jordan and so i was in bethany Mm. beyond the jordan and the jordan kind of wings out the river kind of wings out and does this little thing and it collects in this perfect little pool area and that is what they think is the baptism site of Jesus, which the Jordan has shrunk in size like crazy over the years. And that site is now just a hole in the ground. There's no water there. It's, it's completely dry. You walk a little bit um, further up the path, and then you are on the Jordanian and Israeli border, because um, that's what the Jordan divides the two. And there's guys standing there with Uzis to make sure you don't swim across the little the the little uh, portion of river there but you can get dipped and as people were people were getting baptized like crazy in the jordan river which was very green and very gross but it was also very hot and very refreshing <laughs> did you get rebaptized in the jordan river no i didn't but i did dip my feet in oh okay. so a partial i didn't have a change of clothes so it just would have been weird i wasn't really anticipating going down there but yeah i got to see both areas where Jesus may or may not have actually been baptized. There, it's debated over. 
Right. And I mean, it doesn't really matter where he got baptized. You know what a thought just came across my mind? There's, yeah. You know, there's so some people that like they get saved and they maybe they're like a celebrity or something and they have a little bit of money, a little bit of coin to throw around. Yeah. So they get saved and they want to get baptized in the Jordan River just yeah. like Jesus did. If you still held to your Church of Christ old ways, yeah. if they died in the plane crash on the way to the Jordan River... <laughs> They didn't make it. <laughs> nope, they didn't. So if if you believe that way, it's best to get baptized now. Yeah, immediately. As opposed to waiting. Yeah, exactly. That's what we were taught. Philippian jailer. Yeah. Why don't, wait? Don't wait. Like, uh, you know, uh, Acts chapter 10, um, are the Ethiopian eunuch. I mean, here's water right now. What prevents me from being baptized? Nothing. Get baptized now. There's, there's always an urgency of baptism in the I New Testament. I heard a really cool story from a guy. He was a recovering addict, and when he was in prison, that's how he got saved. He got saved in prison. Yeah. And this is, it was just an amazing story, and I hope it's true because sometimes people just tell you stories, but this is, it's, it's got to be true. It's so good. It has to be true. He got saved in prison, and his friend, they had heavy just monsoon rainstorm come through Michigan and there was there was a ditch in the yard that was deep enough to collect water yeah. and he got baptized in ditch water sweet that's that's pretty cool dipped dipped dunked in the ditch water in a prison yard yeah so let's think about what was happening in Israel at the time Jesus was baptized okay and in order to do that what was baptism for the Jews? Because baptism didn't exist in the Old Testament, but yet people are flocking out to John the Baptist in the Jordan, mm-hmm. and they're getting baptized. Right. Something that isn't even part of Jewish tradition. It's not a religious requirement. Baptism didn't exist in the Old Testament. It was not a requirement for a, a person born a Jew to be baptized. It doesn't exist. So why were they being baptized? I'm trying to think of the ceremonial washings that they would do. I know the priests would do that. There were there are several ceremonial washings. Um, what's what's the one that sticks out in your mind the most, Jason? In the Old Testament, yeah. Well, if you were a Gentile converting to Judaism, uh, I think it's called a proselyte Jew. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, I hope I don't have the wrong term there. But if you were a Gentile, if you were a non-Jew converting to Judaism, you would go through a series of um, rituals, I guess, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, uh, kind of like a catechism type deal. Yeah. And then you would also get a ceremonial cleansing, a sprinkling. It wasn't a full immersion. It wasn't a full baptism. In fact, the only place that a full immersion, the true baptizo, which is the Greek rendering of, of the Hebrew word, only appears when Naaman dips seven times to be cleansed of his leprosy. Oh yeah, that's it. That's that's the only dunk hmm. in in the Old Testament. When I think of ceremonial washings, I don't know why my brain thinks like this, but I I think about when I think you have to do ceremonial washings seven times if you have a nocturnal emission. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I think that's Leviticus fifteen. <laughs> Was it you had to, or you had to wash your sheets seven times? <laughs> Either way, probably safe to do. Just do it. Yep, just do it. But I'm no. sorry, that's where my mind went. Yeah, again, <sighs> with, the, it. with the derailment. <laughs> so so if you were a non-Jew converting to Judaism, you would go through a ceremonial cleansing in which they would say, you are washing off your old self, your life of non-Jewishness, your life of sin, and you're starting over. You're starting anew. 
So why were the Jews flocking to John the Baptist to be baptized? Jesus. For repentance, which was a giant slap in the face to their whole entire religious system, and it's why the Pharisees were throwing such a fit about it. Right? Well, why yeah. are you being baptized? We have the law. We have everything. And yet you're saying, I'm not perfect enough. I'm not good enough. I can't do this law thing on my own. I need help. God, help us. God, save us. We're not good enough. We're going to get cleaned. We're going to start over. We, we're ready. We need something new, which ironically is an Old Testament prophecy. I think it's an Isaiah at the point Israel repents, the Messiah will come. And here you have thousands of people from all the surrounding areas coming to be baptized, right. repenting of their sins, saying, you know what? This old system, it's God-ordained, it's God-made, but we're not good enough. We can't, com- we can't complete it. We're still getting something wrong. We need help. We need a Savior. And it just so happens that Jesus. Jesus's six-month-older cousin says, oh, here he is. <laughs> like, it blows my mind. That's so crazy to me. Like, like that, that prophecy, which people pondered over and waited for, and I don't remember the scriptural... References, yeah. Yeah, right off the top of my head. But here they're all waiting, right? When's the Messiah coming? He's going to come on the clouds, right? He's going to come. He's going to restore Israel. And it's going to be this great He's going to take down the Romans. It's going to be awesome sick. Thing. And it's going to happen when we repent. We don't quite get that part. What's that mean? And yet here's Jesus. And here's, here's the nation of Israel in a broken state. Right. The, the, the commoner is in a broken state, not a prideful state. They're not getting clean to prove that they're better. In fact, it's disgusting. You're you're saying symbolically, I'm getting in this water and I'm washing off my sins. You think about Jewish culture and Pharisees, if they saw a sinner or somebody who was hurt or somebody who was down, think of like the Good Samaritan. Right. If somebody was... Or just a prostitute. If a prostitute was coming to repent of her sins, yeah. get baptized, they'd be like, why, why would you go in that water? No, yeah, exactly. Look if, at this, yeah. If somebody was hurt or ailing on the side of the road, it would just be the assumption that they must have done something wrong to deserve that, and I cannot go anywhere near sin because I'm holy and I'm perfect, right? And I, I, I at least trying to get there, and that would set me back. That would set me back a lot. Right. So instead, I'm going to pass by on the other side. So the very fact that people are, are getting into this water and saying, I repent, please wash these sins off of me symbolically, but yet almost figuratively, that water's nasty. That water is full of sin. It's disgusting. I mean, I mean, even for germaphobes, you talk about a prostitute who knows what diseases she's right. carrying or he's carrying, you know, somebody with leprosy or and the Jordan's not clean even to this day. It's green nasty was probably water. animals and stuff and drinking from it and defecating in it actually it's irrigated to pieces because there's no water out oh. especially on the jordanian side but now they've got all these farms with disgusting uh, vegetables they're not good at all they're mm. they're all fake like like i, ha- I remember getting a tomato when i was over there and i was like this tomato is disgusting and they're like yeah it's pretty much not real <laughs> It's right, so they keep irrigating out the Jordan River, so it's just going to get smaller and smaller until it's until it's nothing. Until, until but, it's gone. 
But you think of all these. Man, I never thought about baptism like that. Thank now, you, Jason. Now you've got all these super sinful people and this super, super nasty water. And now you have the Son of God, holy, perfect, pure, getting down into some nasty, disgusting water. Yeah. And the Pharisees are watching, like, like uh, the woman who washed her, washed Jesus's feet with her tears. It happens a couple of times, but the Pharisees there, what is that? Luke seven, are saying, man, if they, if he knew who this woman was, there's no way, and how right. sinful. There's no way Jesus would let her come near. But yet here's Jesus, God incarnate. Perfect, pure, holy, good, clean, getting down into this nasty water to be baptized. That's why I think, man, like it, when I think about when you when you stop and ponder about what our God, who our God is, who our our God literally sheds all the glories of heaven to come down yeah. to the profaneness of this earth. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on in this picture of baptism. That's amazing. Yes. And in essence, Jesus is saying, I heard your cry. You asked for a savior. Here I am. And I'm getting right here in this nasty muck water with you. And I'm going to take on these sins. Now, that could be just the narrative that I've I've grown up with. Um, uh, because no. I'm sure people will have a different take on that. But to me, I think it's beautiful. I think it's amazing. And when I went and physically visited the place where Jesus was baptized, I prefer to think of it like, uh, I was thinking of like a, um, I like I liked the baptism site where the water's all dried up and gone. Because to me, it's, it kind of, it's like kind of like this picture of Jesus got down in that water and took all those sins and just absorbed them. And just took and, them out. And just took them. Wow, that's beautiful. But Jesus is saying to mankind, I identify with you. I'm going to get right down in your mess and I'm going to be your savior. And then God, you know, pulls back the clouds at that moment. And here comes this dove, the Holy Spirit descending down. (laughs) Here comes the Holy Spirit descending down like a dove. And this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Like Jesus is... He's the man. Like he he is taking it on there. And then he goes moment. immediately from there out into the desert. Oh yeah. Forty days, forty nights. That's the inauguration of his earthly ministry right there. Yep. So that's beautiful, dude. I've so I've the, never thought that deeply about baptism, to be quite honest with yeah, you. Yeah, so to me then it poses the question, why do we get baptized? Right. And it's And you you use the word ID. And yeah. I like that. Jesus took on our identity, our sinful identity, mm-hmm. and he he started right with baptism. And we are identifying in the works of Jesus when we are baptized. Buried in the likeness of his death and raised, raised to in the new... likeness of to mm-hmm. raised to walk in newness of life. Or raised to walk in depends on if you uh Well the reason why I say that legalistic too, church wants you to use the new King James version or not. The reason why I use that that verbiage of identifying is is in Romans 6, after after Paul says that phrase that we say when we baptize people, he immediately goes into talking about identify, like what it means now. These these two different camps, these two, these slaves to the, uh, man, slaves to unrighteousness and slaves to righteousness. Yeah, slaves to sin. And he makes a distinction between those two. 
And that's and I and I love that because there's no middle there's no middle ground there's no wishy washiness it's these are this is how the new your new identity is this is who you are now in Christ and this is the old self and yeah are we gonna go back and forth a little bit sometimes are we gonna act like our old self sometimes absolutely and thank thank God that we have a God that forgives us of our sins but this is the new goal this is the new aim and not to bring up a whole other can of worms but the fact that they use the term terminology slave. It's, it's almost, it's saying you have a new owner. Now you're no longer owned by Satan. You're no longer owned by your sin. You're owned by the greatest King, the greatest God, all of that stuff. You are now owned and in his good favor for forever. You can't get out of it. Absolutely. So, so I guess my, like my closing argument, if you will, or I guess not argument might be the wrong word, but something that was impactful to me because here I am thinking salvation is necessary for, or baptism is necessary for salvation. And that's largely based on Acts 2.38. So let me jump through your giant Bible. Yes, and Jason is borrowing my Bible because he's too much of a heathen to bring his own Bible. I am. <laughs> Just I'm not kidding. even 100% Love you, buddy. sure where it's at at this moment. Is that bad? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will, this is the big part, received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And to me, that was that was the big talking point for myself, because when you receive the Holy Spirit, that's the lockdown. That's right. That's the guarantee I mean, of your salvation. Yeah, I mean, Ephesians even says that. It's, the, our, it's our guarantee, it's our assurance, it's our inheritance. Yeah. So let me go to to Ephesians and read that because when you're in the Church of Christ context, they're going to show you Acts 2:38 a bajillion times. They're never going to show you They're never the, going to show you the thief on the cross. What? Did I no, say that out loud? They're not afraid to go there and trust me, if I were to get into those arguments, if I were to exercise that muscle and get back into that mode, I could argue to I'm dead and convince a lot of people. Well, that's the thing though, like we're you're oh, there's gonna be you're gonna be coming from two different spots, and sometimes there's no convincing one or the other side. And that's what I'm not. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything at this right. moment. I'm just telling them how I got to where I'm at, what worked for me. So when I read Ephesians one thirteen, it says, "In Him, who we were first, um, dang it, your big giant Bible is hard to read. Why? Because it's, it's got big letters. I know it, but." The columns are so freaking wide that you can't find the next like line. It's hard. Jeez, complain about my Bible some more. <laughs> <laughs> In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Is there anything mentioning baptism in that verse? Nope. No. When you heard the word of truth, when you heard somebody else preach the gospel to you, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, believed in Christ, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Hmm. That's it. That's game over. There's a guy that I know who is saved and I know he's saved, but for some reason he doesn't want to get baptized, which is weird to me. So here's where I'd go with that is because it's like I've, I listened to a bajillion baptism. Not recently. I'm going off the cuff here. If I were to like really dig in and present something, it'd be much more concise. Um, 
guys like John MacArthur and David Platt, um, they use a language where they would say baptism is not essential for salvation, but there is no such thing as an unbaptized believer. Hmm. Meaning, if you believe in Jesus and you have adequate means to be baptized, whatever that may be in whatever mode, then you're willing to take that step. You're willing to be baptized. Are you saying that you like that or don't like that? I'm saying that's their language. Okay. Um, and because I hold baptism in such high regard, uh, because of the way I was taught, I I tend to agree with it. Um, but I would I would probably be a little more gentle with it, and say instead of me, I get what I get. What this is, this is an intervention on Alex. When a holy and pure God is willing to get into your nasty water and say, "I'm your savior," at the point of your repentance, then you're probably at the point where you're saying you know what, I'm going to get baptized because I'm going to identify with him who identified with me first. To me, you're missing out on something incredibly awesome. Right. And and I think the church makes too big of a deal of it. So like you talking about your baptism was this, was this, was a big deal and people were excited and um, there was brownies afterwards. <laughs> it was a celebration <laughs> for some people, especially like myself in high school with anxiety disorder not happening. I don't care. Um, I'm not there. Um, which is why I needed to be baptized in a hot tub in a private residence, which is why I do not force anybody, um, to get baptized in front of people, which is why I don't like the language and outward sign of an inward faith. And I understand, I fully understand, you go back to Acts chapter 2, and then you're getting into why were people getting baptized. Well, it was a public declaration, right? Hmm. Um, it was a, It's a very public thing. Um, but then I can point you to several verses, specifically in Acts, where they were baptized immediately and with their family and not in some big giant ceremony in front of hundreds of people. So would you say at the very least... There needs to be some type of witness there. I'm not. I'm not even. Not even. Not in front of necessarily a church congregation in front of hundreds of people. But, and I don't want to get legalistic about it. I'm yeah, not, and I don't want to get. One, in, I don't want to get into hypotheticals. But I do think at least one other person. Yeah, and I think that's why the church commissioned that somebody else baptize you and it remain a uh, passive act of you know, identification. You're not doing it to yourself. I'm not even going to argue that people can't baptize themselves because I saw people do it. And I'm not going to say it's not a legitimate baptism. There were people baptizing themselves, dunking three times in the Jordan River. I forget what where I forget where they were from, but they traveled hundreds of miles from hmm. another country specifically. My um man, my uncle was telling me about it. He's a he's a Baptist preacher and he's he goes to Israel almost every year and he was he was explaining to me what they're doing and he said it's an incredible story those people journey for miles and miles hundreds of miles to come get baptized in the spot where Jesus got baptized and then when they get there they baptize themselves mm-hmm. so I'm not I mean I like I said I don't like hypotheticals I'm not going to get legalistic with it I really don't care about the mode or the means or where I don't So let me ask you I don't, the, I don't, let me I don't, ask you this I don't even question. care if it's sprinkle instead of dunk and I know that would that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way I would say it has to be dunk 
that's maybe fine. that's maybe that's the way I grew up. But I'm just saying. But here's a bigger question. We can get past that. If, we get into hypotheticals, and I don't want to. But if all you had was a cup of water there in that moment, and somebody said, "Wash me, make me clean," I want to identify with Jesus. Let, let I'm going to pour say, a cup over their head. Let me just let me just ask this question. Go for it. If there's somebody out there right now, yeah, somebody out there who's a listener of ours, they believe in Jesus Christ, but haven't been baptized yet, mm-hmm. would you encourage them to get baptized? Absolutely. You heard it here first. Yeah. We're doing not your pastor's baptism. Yeah. Like, go get baptized and get excited that a perfect and holy God identified with you and you get the opportunity to identify with him. I think that was our... In front of your family, our publicly in front of hundreds of people. If you have anxiety and you you can't get in front of a crowd, who can't, don't get in front of a crowd. Ask, ask your pastor. Ask your best friend. Ask your pastor. I, I love this too because I talked to our pastor about this several times. Dude, I wasn't going to get baptized because of anxiety. And he always adds the caveat, hey, the baptismal's here and it's open and we've got towels and we've got shirts and we got to change of clothes. If you want to get baptized, you don't have to get baptized in front of everybody. Come up to me afterwards. We'll baptize you. We don't care if there's three people here because it really doesn't matter. Right. Like I hate that. I hate the idea we put this practice in place and all of a sudden people can't do it because they might have a mental disability like where their brain won't allow them to get up in front of people like that. Mm. And if you don't have that problem, then you completely don't get it. Right. No, and I think that's where I land because I never had an anxiety disorder. And especially with the church that I went to where I got baptized, it was such a tight-knit group. There was 50 of us. But yeah. I mean, I mean, but... That's a smaller setting. It's more intimate, you know? But when... I told everybody that I was getting baptized. Shauna, before she, her and I were even together dating, she came to my baptism. And that's yeah. when she realized, when she heard my testimony, she's like, okay, maybe I'll give this guy a shot. So yeah. I'm just saying, get baptized, you find your wife. Um, <laughs> Some people go to college to find their wife. Some people get baptized. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I just going to say? I lost my train of thought. But for, for me, and I think that the, the reason why you and I went originally to the Salvation Army was... There's guys there that are probably saved and they haven't been baptized and they probably haven't been given the opportunity to. Yeah. And so that's the main reason why we went there. Yeah. And is I, to give guys the opportunity to do it. I, you or I didn't force anybody. I mean, I did tell the Catholics they were wrong, but I mean, that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that was, that was our whole goal was to just say, listen, we know some of you are saved we want to give you this opportunity to walk. I know I like, so I know some people don't like this word, but to walk in obedience to what I think the, what I think the Bible says to yeah. get baptized and to identify with Christ in that way. Yeah, you're right. I don't like that word to walk in obedience, but it, it carries a lot of baggage with it for me. But no, I I would. Not, I, not in a bad obedience, a loving obedience. Yeah. But I would probably come at it from a more excitement angle. Like you get to identify. Like you get. Well, yeah, there's that too. But yeah. I'm just saying it's it's part of our obedience, and our, our obedience should bring us joy and joy and excitement. Yeah, that we're obeying the holy living God, and it's not like a begrudging obedience. It's a I get to do this because my dad loves me. Yeah. 
No, you're a hundred percent right. And like, like we were talking about the before the show. Like, I grew up in a church that said you are saved by faith and obedience. Like, saved by grace and your obedience. Yeah. But obedience was a lot more than being baptized. It had a whole bunch of other stuff tied to it, like following our rules and regulations. Can't which have blue hair. May not necessarily be in the Bible. <laughs> um, you know what? You know who else did that? The Pharisees. That's, that's, oh, see yeah. where that, see that works So out? I would say, like, if you have any questions, absolutely ask, because I could talk about this all day long. Um, but if you're in a position where you're, where you haven't been baptized and you're like, man, I would, I'd like to be more educated on baptism. There may never be a time where you are going to feel educated enough on what baptism is, what it means. Why? Because the more I study it, the more I find out and the more inadequate I feel at any point in time mm. to say, I finally get it. I'm, I can be baptized now. Right. Like that moment has not existed for me because every time I study something and turn over a new leaf, if you will, it's like, holy crap. There's I wish something else. There's always, there's I always wish I would have understood this. So how much, and, and like, Look into stuff like that. It's amazing because you start to realize what I think that's one of the amazing things about our God. Like, there's no possible, He's like an infinite shaped. What's the word? He's got so many sides, He's got so many dimensions, and there's no possible way you could figure Him all out. Yeah. So So, some of the stuff that we do, we just step in faith. Yep. And do it. Yeah. I don't know how sharing the gospel. I like. I know how sharing the gospel works, but like some, I get all nervous and scared. And but God's like, I know you're that way. Just Man. go and do it. I have it highlighted in one of my old Bibles, but in Ephesians it talks about um, when we get to heaven, uh, God showing off His manifold wisdom to the heavenly host through the church. And it's like there is no way we can understand or comprehend how this broken Frankenstein of a body, the church, it's a mess. It's been a mess since the get-go, and it's still a mess, worse now than it has ever been. Mm-hmm. And yet, God's going to present, Jesus is going to present it to himself, spotless and without wrinkle and pure and perfect. And preserve it along the way. And preserve it along the way. And it's going to be redeemed. That's one of the reasons I stay in the church. It It is eventually going to, to win, and it's I'm gonna not, outlast everything. Dude. When I say that, every when I, human institution. Yeah, when I say the church, I do not mean physical buildings, physical no, walls. No, 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 no. I mean a body of believers. That may be another topic for another day. Absolutely. So, with that being said, we are wrapping up the baptism episode. If you got questions, please reach out to us. We are on... we are experts. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's exactly why we are pastors now, isn't it? <laughs> no, um, at NY Pastors on Twitter. You can reach us there, Instagram, Facebook, Not Your Pastors Podcast, all, 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 all the social medias. All the social medias. And so, Jason, we, we didn't have any, any uh, feedback to read this week just because your phone was down. I broke my phone. I don't have feedback in front of me. I was too lazy to look it up because I'm trying to get my new phone all worked out. We'll have, we'll have double feedback. We'll have some, we'll have some more feed feedback next week, 
But that brings us into something else, Jason. Yeah. You know what time it is? Oh, pass the trays. Pass Pass the the trays. trays. What's up, everybody? (laughs) This is the part of the episode where we talk about our Patreon account. So if you think that this show is a benefit to you and you want to see God work an amazing work in your life, please send us a dollar. (laughs) Yeah. Patreon.com. I'm just kidding about that. Don't give us a dollar if you are expecting God to bless you wildly. Like, that's not why we're asking for money. (laughs) Yes, it is. All your wildest dreams will come true, Alex. Patriot Pastors Podcast, where (laughs) dreams come, they come come true. (laughs) Patreon.com backslash NYPP will take you to our Patreon page where you can contribute money. I mean, Alex, when we started this thing, we had hopes and dreams. We were going to start this as a YouTube channel. And we were going to do it like, what what if Garth Algar and Wayne, what's Wayne's last name? I don't know. I can't think Jess of, would know it. It's her favorite movie. I should why know can't it. I've I seen think it a thousand his, times. I can't think of it. Anyway, so Garth, like, what if Garth and Wayne were Christians and they still had their show? <laughs> that was our, <laughs> I think that was the pitch. No, I was I was listening back to our Justin Dillon episode where he's talking about uh, non-essential epicitis. Yeah. Where everything we do, we feel yeah. like it's got to be epic or it's not going to happen. Yeah. And that's that's how I am with everything. So when we started this podcast, I think my wife was like, hey, you and Alex should should record your conversations and have a podcast. And I was like, and then we can turn it into a TV show. <laughs> and then we get picked up by the TBN or whatever it's called, Trinity Broadcast Network. And then no. we get paid a bunch of money and then we, we become shills. <laughs> Seriously, it was, uh, we met in an old church. Yep. And the idea was, as our podcast would grow, as our YouTube channel would grow, we'd also grow a live audience who would participate with and hand the pulpit over to to speak. Like th- those are some of our our original like ideas. And then ten episodes in, the church closed down, and we're in your basement. Yep, which is cool, and I love it to death. But we do have goals to make it back to YouTube and reach your wider audience. And what I love about what our podcast has become, because it's morphed into different things. I love how in episode 60, we can put out this crazy good interview about singleness and the idolatry of Mary marriage with joy. Beth. Marriage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marriage. <laughs> you can't say that word without in episode 61. We had this amazing conversation with Justin Dillon, this guy who's just so inspirational and so accomplished um, and so motivational, but yet sandwiched between them, we had this little pulpit mm-hmm. with Billy Trahan, a 25-year-old housewife who shared how she overcame a life of suicidal tendencies and self-harm to find this beautiful life inside of Jesus. And to me, that's what our podcast is about. It's about those pulpits. We just released another one with, with Holly B. With Holly B. I mean, we post a question, how do you know you're saved? And she answered it in a Twitter rant. And then so many people liked the her Lord Twitter rant. The Lord works in mysterious ways, Jason. Yeah. So many people on Twitter liked her Twitter rant that I, I asked her to record it in a pulpit. And that's what it is. So go back and listen to that. Pulpit number 20 with Holly B. I oh, mean, that's cool. You yeah. realize, I think she was number two, and now she's number 20. Isn't that? Hmm. That's awesome. It's almost predestined. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but our Patreon page, support us. Help us do that. Help us build this bigger picture of Jesus. Help us to pay our expenses. 
You you go on there and there's different incentives. Like I just uploaded Alex at the five dollar level, you get access to bonus content. I uploaded an inter the full complete interview with Justin Dillon because mm. we chopped it way down to fit. Yeah, to fit our time, we want to start getting our episodes to a certain length, which this one is getting yeah. way over we're, length. We're killing it. So, but that's okay because we have a lot of great things to say. Yeah. And this episode, I hope you, I hope somebody is blessed by this in some way. I hope somebody is encouraged by this and. You know, we don't mean to offend anybody, and we know that there's people who believe different things. That is not our our goal is not to offend anybody. We just want people to see Jesus in a new, or not in a new way, but just broaden, you know, a broaden perspective. And this is a topic that Jason is really uh, passionate about, and it's something that I thought I knew, but I definitely learned some new things tonight. So thank you. Oh, that's awesome, man. So I really appreciate that. But it is time to say goodbye. Yes. So. In that, I can in, actively hear Shauna upstairs turning off lights. <laughs> like that's how like the church gets you to leave at the end of the sermon. Like, okay, you've been lingering too long. We're just gonna casually flip the lights Closing off. Closing time. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't get baptized you know song, here. You, you know what that song's about? What is that song about? His child being born and coming out of the womb. It's not about leaving the bar. It's I'm a, trying to think of the lyrics to make it fit. Go go look up the lyrics. I think it's a YouTube video where he's explaining it all live, and it's hilarious. Hmm. Go look at the lyrics to that song. It's about his freaking child being born. He didn't want to write some sappy song about his kid being born, so he wrote that song. Anyway, so it's, right, it's yeah. closing time. It's time to say goodbye, and it's it's time to say goodbye to somebody that we've known for a few years now, Jason. Peter Morazic. Oh, yeah, traded. Traded for a conditional fourth and a conditional third. So, Peter Morazic, you let us down and we got rid of you, but we still love you because you you did serve a purpose on our team and we will always love our former Red Wing players. You're going off to the Philadelphia Flyers. Where I I wish you the best. Make it to the second round of the playoffs and you get six wins, so that conditional fourth becomes a second round pick. That would be glorious. Do your best, Peter. So, what do Come you Come on want? now. He had Peter Griffin on his hot helmet. That was really cool. Because he played for the Grand Rapids Griffins. Peter, Peter Griffin. Yeah, you see how that works? Yeah. So, anyway, what do you want to say? And I'm sure people are already shouting it into their headphones. They've turned it off by say. now, let's be honest. What do you want to say to Peter Morazic as he's taking that bus over to Philadelphia to play for the Flyers? Always keep your stick on the ice. We love you, Peter. Peter. <laughs>